0: and the different John's baptism and, and the baptism that we would look at as today and things. Um, so we got that finished. Anybody have a question you want to ask this morning then? Anybody have a question? No questions this morning? Well, this may be a really short Sunday school then. I mean, I can only go of what, off of what you asked, so... Okay. All right, well, go to, go to John chapter 6 then, John chapter 6, um, again, I, I do get some questions through emails and text messages and things like that, so uh, um, if it's, uh, if I haven't answered your question yet, it's not that I'm trying to ignore it, it's just I, I will try to get to it and things. But John chapter 6, look in verse number 53. John chapter 6, verse number 53. Um, Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, uh, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue, as he taught in Capernaum. And many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? A hard saying, right? So think about what is being said here. And the question is, what, uh, what does Jesus mean by eating his flesh and drinking his blood? Right? Um, is G- are, I mean, that's kind of what it says, right? I mean, he says... Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. So what is he... What's he talking about here? Why would, he, why would he say here that we are to eat his flesh and drink his blood? And it's very obvious that they did not really understand either, right? It's kind of obvious because they said... What? I mean, th- that was my paraphrase of what they said, but uh, this isn't hard saying. Who can hear it, right? What, what does that mean? Drink your blood and eat your flesh? What is, what is that? Because, I mean, there is actually, uh, there are some religions today that actually teach that that's, that's what happens, right? When you take what we would call the Lord's Supper or Communion, that you're actually eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Th- yeah, I know. That just kind of sounds gross, doesn't it? <laughs> right? Brother Ross? Is he talking about spiritual food and that's the Word of God? <clears throat> no, I don't think he's... He's not talking about the Word of God. I mean, he, he's literally... I mean, he's talking about himself, Right? So why why would he why would he make this statement here? What is what is he trying to what is he trying to teach? Anybody? What are you thinking, Miss Emily? Okay, all right, okay, very good. Anybody else? What is he, what's he talking about here? So again, you have to, it's, it's important, especially like what Miss Emily did, she went back a little bit, right? But you've got to even, you know, again, always, always, always keep everything in context, right? So what had just happened previously in this chapter? He fed the 5,000, right? He fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish, right? He fed the 5,000. And then, of course, Jesus crosses to the other side, okay? Um, And then when you come down to... Uh, Verse number 22 says the day following the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there save that whereon his disciples were entered. Jesus was not with his disciples. Um, And so he goes on. uh, Verse number 25. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, whence comest hither? Uh, Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. So think about what he's saying. Saying, saying, you followed me, you're following me because you, it's not about the teaching, right? Um, you're following me because of what? The benefits. the benefits, right? You're following me because I fed you. You're following me because I gave you bread, right? That's what he says. Um, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Right? So he says, that's why you're following. You're not following me because you want to learn. You're not following me because of what I'm trying to teach. You're following me because you ate. Okay? Then what does he say? Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. So he's like, look, you're, you're more concerned about physical food. What you really ought to be concerned about is what? Spiritual food, Right. And this is exactly what Jesus says back in Matthew chapter four, right? He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Yes, we need physical food. There's no doubt about that. But he said more importantly than physical food is spiritual food, okay? So he's, he's trying to help them understand, look, you're following me because of the physical food when what you really ought to be concerned about is the spiritual food. He says you ought to be concerned about the spiritual food, okay? So again, Then said they unto them, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Then he just answered and said unto them, this is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Okay, So they said, okay, well, what are we supposed to do? Jesus says, believe. Believe, right? And again, watch what they say. They said, therefore, unto him, what sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? You know, I, I, can't, I can't laugh too much because, you know, they're pretty much just like we were. We are, right? I mean, he just fed 5,000 people plus with five loaves of bread and two fish. He just walked across the Sea of Galilee, and they said, show us a sign. <laughs> I mean, if, if that wasn't enough, right? Right? It's not enough that we just saw you take five loaves of bread and two fish and feed everybody. It's not enough that we figured out that you crossed the the Sea of Galilee by walking on it. It's not enough that we've seen all these other different miracles that, that you've done. Show us a sign so that we can believe what you're saying. Wow. Okay. So watch what they said in verse 31. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So he said, hey, you know, our fathers, they were given manna, right? Wasn't that a good thing? You know, I mean, so, you know, we're not asking too much of you to say, show us a sign, okay? Then said Jesus unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. So again, there's still... They're saying, well, that manna that we got in the wilderness, that was from heaven. And Jesus says, no, it wasn't from heaven. Why? What was that manna? It was a gift from God. Well, yes, it was a gift from God, but what, what was that manna, though? It was physical. It was physical. It wasn't spiritual. Yes, did they, did they see where it came from every morning? No, they just woke up and it was there, right? Right. But it was still physical. It was meeting a physical need, right? It wasn't meeting the spiritual need. And that's why Jesus says, no, you're, you're wrong. That bread is not spiritual bread. It's not bread that came down from heaven. The bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Now, yes, just like you have to have physical bread to be able to have life, he said you have to have spiritual bread to be able to have spiritual life, Okay? So he's using their thought process to try to teach them something, okay? They are completely thinking of one thing and one thing only. What? Their stomachs. Food, right? I mean, they, the, these people had to have been Baptist, right? Because no doubt, I mean, 1130, 1145, you know, all of a sudden it's like, you know, you don't even have to look at your watch. Your stomach just automatically says, hey, the preacher better stop because I'm hungry, right? I mean, that's, that's, ex- I mean, that's what they were thinking about, just food, right? They had just been fed physically. They're following for physical food. They're, ta- they're thinking about the manna that Moses gave. It's all physical. And so Jesus is trying to teach them something spiritual, Right? And, and how many times even do we as Christians, right, where Jesus tries to teach us something physical and we focus only on, or excuse me, he's trying to teach us something spiritual and we focus only on the physical aspect of it, not the spiritual aspect. And this is exactly what's happening. They're focusing on the physical. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread. So, Again, think about what they just said. Evermore give us this bread. Because Jesus just said, right, um, the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. So Jesus is trying to help them understand if you take the spiritual bread, you will have life. You'll live. So what did they say? I I want it, right? They said the exact same thing that the woman of the well said in John chapter 4. Jesus said, I have living water. She said, well, give it to me. What was she thinking? Physical. She's thinking, man, I will never have to come to this well again. If he's going to give me some spirit, this this water that's never going to end, man, I want that because then I'll never have to come to this well again. They're thinking the same thing. Well, yeah, this bread is going to give life. Man, give me this bread so that I don't ever have to go to the store again and I don't have have to bake again. I mean, Give, and notice notice the words they used evermore. You see, they, they were not really recognizing that this was a one time deal, right? When you get this living water, you'll never thirst again. When you get this bread, you'll never hunger again, right? It brings spiritual life. you don't ever have to. You don't have to get it again and again and again and again and again. But they're thinking, we have to bake bread every day. We have to go to the store every day. So evermore, give us this bread. (laughs) You're missing it. You're missing it, Jesus is saying, right? And this is why he says in verse 35, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Jesus saying it's me, it's not a physical bread, it's not physical water, it's, it's me. I am the bread, I am the water, right? If you will believe on me, and that, that's, that's what he just told them when they said, what shall we do? This is the work that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Here, here's, here's what you have to do, if you want this bread, you want this water, he says, here's what you have to do, believe. Believe on me. Believe on the one that God has sent. That's me, Jesus is saying, right? So he says, believe on me. And, of course, what happens? We don't have time to read the whole passage, but notice down in um, verse 39. This is the Father's will which he hath sent me, that all which he shall Hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So again, he's saying, believe on me. Believe on me. Right? You're never going to have to worry about life. I'm going to raise you up at the last day. Right? Verse 41. The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. So they said, give us this bread, give us this bread, we want this bread. He said, I am the bread. They said, you can't be the bread. L- look, I mean, <laughs> people say, what's the hardest part about ministry? People. <laughs> right? People are the hardest part about ministry. Okay? I mean, Jesus is, is trying, he's trying to teach them. He's just fed them. He's just walked across the, the Sea of Galilee. They've come to him and he said, Look, I'm telling you what you need to do. You need to believe on me, right? You need to believe on me. Well, show us a sign. He said, You know, our fathers had the man. He said, I am that bread. I came down from heaven. I am the bread. Believe on me. Well, how can you be, you know, and they start murmuring. So they're murmuring about this, right? They're saying, again, hey, you're just you're the son of Joseph. You can't, be the bread of, you can't be the bread of life. You can't have come down from heaven, right? Even though you're doing all these things that nobody else can do. So Jesus answered and said, in verse 40, 43, murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. So he's saying, hey, don't, don't murmur about it, you know, don't, don't complain. You have to understand, this is, God is trying to draw you to, to me, but you're not letting it happen, okay? Uh, verse 47, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. And just so it's very clear, what does he say in verse 48? I am that bread of life. He's not trying to hide anything. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. Remember, they said, well, our fathers got manna. He said, yeah, and they're dead. The physical food does not bring spiritual life. Physical food, as great as it may be, guess what's going to happen one day? You're going to die physically. But the spiritual life that he says that I can give is that I'm able to raise you up at the last day. I'm able to give you that spiritual life that you'll never die. He says, Your fathers did eat man in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So he, again, he's taking their desires of food and he's trying to teach them a spiritual application it's all about the manna the food the manna the bread give us food give us manna he said I am the bread of life and so he says if, if this spiritually just like you have to take physical food you have to eat it you have to take it into your body right if you have a loaf of bread or you have a steak or whatever it is sitting in front of you it can smell good it can look good it can feel good but that doesn't do your body any good it's not until you put it into your body, you have to take it, okay? That's when it actually does the body good, okay? This is what he's saying. In the same way, if any man have eat of this bread, the spiritual bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So he's saying, I'm, I'm going to lay down my life for the world. I'm going to give my life for the world. Have they got it yet? No, still going over their head. Verse fifty-two: The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, "How can this man give us his flesh to eat?" (laughs) She's saying, "Seriously, are are you you're serious about this? You're he's talking spiritual. They're still thinking what? Physical." He's saying you have to take this spiritual bread. This, this spiritual bread on the outside does you no good until you receive it, until you believe. How many times did he say, believe on me, believe on him that hath sent me, believe on me? They're not, they're not getting it. And so he's trying to, he's trying to help them understand. So he takes, he goes completely physical on them. Right? Because all their thinking is physical, so he goes completely physical on them. And this is where he says this Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. So he's like, All your thinking is physical, all right? So let me give it to you physical. Left you eat my flesh and drink my blood. Now, again, is he saying to literally take a bite out of his arm? No. They're just so hard-hearted, they're so lacking of understanding that he's trying to help them understand just like you would have to eat that physical bread, take it into your body, drink that physical water, take it into your body. You've got to do the same thing spiritually, but it's not literally eating his flesh and drinking his blood. But what's happened here is uh, the Catholics and other religions have taken this as literal, just like the Jews did. You see, they're missing the whole spiritual application of it. Okay? They're looking at it as physical. You say, really, they, they can't really think that it's physical eating his blood and drinking his, or, or eating his flesh and drinking his blood. All right, let me read a couple things to you. This is from the New York Catechism like New York, state of New York, okay? Jesus Christ gave us the sacrifice of the mass to leave his church a visible sacrifice which continues. Well, there's a big problem right there. He says the sacrifice continues, which continues his sacrifice on the cross until the end of time. So they're saying the sacrifice of Jesus Christ continues until the end of time, the mass is the same. We understand what I'm saying when I say mass. Everybody understand that. So the mass, the Catholic Church, when they take mass, that's like what we would say communion or the Lord's Supper. Mass is when they take the wafer, the piece of bread, eat it, take the drink. Yeah, that's mass. Okay, right? The mass is the same sacrifice as the sacrifice of the cross. So they're saying when you take mass and you take that bread, and you take it's the same sacrifice. Holy Communion is the receiving of the body and blood of Jesus Christ under the appearance of bread and wine. They're saying you are literally taking his body and blood, right? Here's uh, Pope Pius IV, right? Uh, And this is one of the official creeds of the Roman Catholic Church says, I profess that in the Mass is offered to God a true, proper, and propitiatory sacrifice, That is a sacrifice which satisfies the justice of God and so offsets the penalty for sin. So every time they take the Mass, every time they take that bread, they're saying that is a sacrifice that offsets the penalty for sin. Okay? For the living and the dead. And that in the most holy sacrament of the Eucharist, there is truly, really, Again, I'm, not, I'm reading this verbatim, okay? I'm not just putting in words that I want. There is truly, really, and substantially the body and blood together with the soul and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. They say that bread and that wine are literally, their words, truly, really, and substantially the body and blood together with the soul and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that there is a conversion of the whole substance of the wine into the blood. So they, they, they believe, they teach, that when you take that wafer, bread, whatever they call it, and they put it into your mouth, it literally changes into the body of Jesus Christ. And that when you take that drink, that it literally changes into the blood of Jesus Christ. So you are literally taking, and this is where they're getting it from, you are literally taking the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. And every time you do that, That sacrifice, that is a sacrifice, and again, they said it it continues until the end of time. So every time that someone takes, and again, you have to think that the Roman Catholic Church is one of the largest religions in the world. You have to think of how many millions and millions of people are part of the Roman Catholic Church. So every time that someone takes Mass, uh, every time that they take the bread, every time they take the blood, the body and the blood of Jesus Christ are being sacrificed again. So think about in a given day, right, um, how many times this sacrifice of Jesus Christ is being done just in a given day. I mean, we're talking about millions, right? There's, there's some huge, huge problems with that. Huge problems, right? Right? Um, what are, what are some problems with that? Yeah. They're cannibals. <laughs> that's that's pretty, pretty much true. If you're eating somebody's body and drinking their blood, then you're either a cannibal or a vampire, one or the other, right? Um, it is finished. Oh. Hmm? Well, that's not a verse they like to look at. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Corey? So, as a person who's taking care of yourself and the Catholic, they have no assurance that salvation, no assurance of what's going to happen. But mm-hmm. so that we know is going, going to happen. Right. Yeah, and on their deathbed, they have what is they call it last rites, and they're they're really hoping to get the last rites in before they die. Why? Because by getting that last rites in, they're hoping that's going to help them. They've taken the body, they've taken the blood. Hopefully, they're you know going to be able to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's no, and it's also a, it's kind of a control thing. Like, we went to a Catholic wedding one time, and the husband wasn't Catholic, the wife was, and they let the husband take communion. And I remember distinctly hearing someone say, Wow, aren't that a big gift from the church? <laughs> no right, because he wasn't a Catholic and they let, let him, a yeah. Him didn't a kid. Right. <laughs> but, right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Brother John? I always felt like that was Not literal. Say that again? Yes. No, they, they teach that it is, it, they call it transubstantiation, okay? And in transubstantiation, this is what they believe. They believe that when, I mean, before the wafer or the juice or wine is ever put into the mouth, it's just that. But once it's actually placed into the mouth, it, there's some magic potion that happens, right? And that's, again, they call it transubstantiation, and it changes, literally changes, into the blood of Jesus Christ and the body of Jesus Christ. What am I teaching? That it, That's false. It's not the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Right, yeah. But that's what, that's what they are saying, right? They are teaching that that's... And they're taking it from this passage. They're taking it and saying... Because Jesus says you have to literally eat my flesh and literally drink my blood, then this is what literally happens during Mass, which is false. It doesn't. Because, again, here's the thing. If, if, it, if this is a continual sacrifice, which they say it is. It's a continual sacrifice until the end of time. There's a big problem with that. Because how many times is Jesus going to offer himself as a sacrifice? Once. Once. Once, once for all, you see, and this is where the Catholic Church—they do not look at it. What, why did Jesus? Why did Jesus give us what we call the Lord's Supper or Communion? What is the whole? What is the purpose behind it? I mean, he tells us in First Corinthians what the purpose is behind it. What is the purpose? Remembrance, right? It's a memorial. We're remembering what Jesus did. Okay. But that's not what the Catholic Church looks at it as. They do not look at it as a memorial. Um, they, the, the Mass, they say, is a continuation of the sacrifice that Christ made at Calvary, right? And, and so it's not just a memorial. They say it's, it's happening every time that that Mass is taken, okay? And so, yes, they have to, they, they have to turn a blind eye. To, to verses that teach, like in Hebrews, that Jesus Christ died once for all, right? There's never another sacrifice that needs to be made because, because here's the thing. What, what do they do? Well, you've sinned in the week, so you need to come and you need to, um, you know, go to confession and take mass, and hopefully, you know, by taking confession and mass, now you're okay for this week. Well, what about next week? Well, you're not okay for next week. That's why you have to come back and do it again. It's like what Brother Corey is saying. It's kind of like a control thing. You have to keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back, because you never know if it's ever going to be enough. Right, exactly, yeah, which, again, is, is not biblical, right? Um, and so when, when we look at this, and again, this is the reason why they said in verse number 60, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Why did they say this was so hard to understand? Because they're thinking physical. They're thinking we physically have to do this. And yet over and over and over in this passage, Jesus said this, this whole idea of taking his flesh and taking his blood can all be summed up in one word, which is what? What word did he say over and over and over in this passage? What? Believe. 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 Because it is a spiritual taking, not physical. Okay? It is spiritual. It is, it is a belief. I believe that Jesus' sacrifice is enough. I believe that he is the bread of life. And so I'm going to receive him in, just again, just as you have to physically take bread and water and meat and salad and all those other things. You have to physically take those into your body. Physically, it doesn't do any good on the outside. The same way spiritually, you have to receive Jesus Christ into your life. He doesn't do anything good on the outside, just saying, well, I believe that Jesus is alive. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. It doesn't do anything. There has to be that spiritual receiving of him into your life. And this is what they just could not, they could not grasp. And again, let's, let's be, let's not be too hard because they, think about what they said in verse number 42. They said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? So, I mean, let's, let's give them a little bit of slack here. I mean, they're, again, they're thinking physical. Wait a minute. We know his father and mother. We know Joseph and Mary. So how can, how can this be that he's saying he actually came down from heaven if we know who his father and mother are? Well, again, when you go back and look, it was well known. It was well known that if we could say the Jews, especially the religious leaders and the people around, they all knew, maybe they, they were not sure, if I could put it this way, who Jesus' father was. They were not sure. Now, why do I say that? Because what was one of their accusations against Jesus? What was one of their accusations against him? Against him. Well, yeah, he claimed he was the son of God, but what what was one of the accusations against Jesus? Thinking of his birth. Illegitimate. He was born in fornication. He was born out of wedlock. So who was the real father? Was it Joseph? Was it some other guy? They didn't know because, again, remember, Joseph is engaged to Mary, and then all of a sudden, Mary shows up what? Pregnant. So, who's his real father? And that was one of the accusations that the Jewish leaders had against him. How can you be the son of God if you're a man born illegitimate? You're born out of wedlock. You see what I'm saying? So now, that, and th- then other people are saying, now wait a minute, Joseph is your father, Mary's your mother, and now you're saying you're, you're coming from heaven? Again, let's, let's not be too harsh and critical because if we were there, would we not maybe be wondering the same things? Here's this guy that's been in our town for 20, 30 years, and all of a sudden he says that he is the son of God, that he came down from heaven, Let's let's give him a little little slack, all right? I mean, we we get to look back and we get to see the whole story, right? They didn't have the whole story. So we can see why they're they are having some confusion and conflict about this, right? We know, hey, Joseph wasn't his father. We know that he was virgin born, right? We we believe that he's virgin born. Why didn't they believe that? Was, come on. It's that's what's kind of hard. Well, it was prophesied. Well, sure, it was prophesied. Yeah, but I mean, and then all of a sudden somebody claims it? You're just going to believe them because they claim it? So it was tough for them, right? And that's why Jesus spent so much time in this passage trying to really help them understand this spiritual aspect. And he uses, again, what they're thinking physical in bread. That's why they were following him for food. And then they bring in the manna. And he uses this saying, hey, look, I am the bread of life. You've got to believe me. You've got to believe in me, right? And, and again, when you, even when you look at this, when you go back down to verse number 66, it says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. There's a lot of people that turned away from him at this point. You're the bread of life. We have to eat your flesh, drink your blood. They, they could not grasp the spiritual aspect of it. All they could think of was the physical aspect of it, right? And that's why, again, somebody can take this passage like the Catholics and some others and say, well, this is literal, but you've got to go back and look at the whole passage here to really understand why Jesus is saying this, what the purpose is behind it, right? Um, and maybe, maybe next week we'll kind of look at some other passages and things um, that just absolutely go against this being literal, right? Um, but we're out of time, all right? Um, but if you, if you have some questions about it, maybe, some, maybe a, a question was sparked in your mind about something about this, please uh, let me know. That way next week we can kind of look at it as well, all right? Okay, you are dismissed.